everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today is Barney Feinberg. So let me tell you a little bit of something before we get into Barney's story. So have you ever heard of chemistry in relationships? Now, I know you're probably thinking, okay, chemistry has to do with interpersonal relationship when it comes to dating, you know, getting married or having a significant other. But guess what? Chemistry is actually a big part of business. If you don't build the right chemistry with your potential clients, even your colleagues or your vendors and suppliers, you're not going to have a sustainable business going forward. And my guest today is an expert at building authentic relationships in the work environment. So Barney is a certified coach. He is also the author of the new book, The Chemistry Factor. He has over 25 years of experience in this space, teaching executives, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs about how to build authentic relationships in the workplace. He's also an executive recruiter, so he works with companies to help them fill those top-level jobs. And he's a former tennis pro in his college days. He started out as a, an accounting guy, but he's transitioned over into the, 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 the stronger, softer, but most more powerful part of business. So I'm pleased to have Barney on the show today to tell us a little bit more about how to build authentic chemistry in the business environment. So Barney, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Chai. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So Barney, I talked a little bit about your background, but you know what? Just give us the quick cliff notes, you know. How did you get started on this path to teaching people about how to build powerful business relationships? Well, as a recruiter, and I've been doing recruiting for over 25 years, it was so evident that people that would come in to see me were not happy. (laughs) People tend to take, you know, new positions because whatever they're doing, there are disconnections with what is happening to them at work. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make it better. And I just saw that the synergy between that and executive and life coaching were a perfect match. Mm. And so that's what I've been doing all these years is I've been merging my coaching and my recruiting and created the chemistry factor. So tell us a little bit more about for example, your career trajectory, how you got into this particular space. I know you were an accountant, you were a COO in a large company in Asia, and then you got here. So what actually turned you from accounting into the softer (laughs) side of business? Well, I wanted to learn the language of business. Mm -hmm. And I thought the best way to do that was to get a CPA. Okay. And From there, I realized that it was too cut and dry. I'm much more of a people person. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to do something that involved much more getting out and making a difference in people's lives. So finding opportunities for people at work uh, to find new careers, that was it was a great fit for me. And I wanted to give more because Mm -hmm. what I noticed was too often people are focused on two things when it comes to a job. Mm-hmm. Career, where will this take my career? And money, how much money am I going to get? Mm-hmm. And they were not as focused on how good the fit mm. is going to be. I mean, I, I see this all the time in mergers and acquisitions. 
You know, strategically, the merger and the acquisition makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Two companies are going to get together. Each has $100 million. And by the time they're done, they lose so much talent that from $200 million, they're down to $150. Mm. And it was because they weren't looking at the chemistry. How can we really connect to each other? Mm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I'm glad you brought up the m and situation because that's one of the biggest causes of failure in most m and It's all about the culture. They could get the back office right. They can get the technology right. But when it comes to you know, the duplication of roles and the people bringing two different cultures. It's, it's almost like getting married. An m is pretty much a marriage, but you find that you're bringing two different people to just get suddenly married overnight and you've not thought about, okay, how are these people going to integrate and work together? And then that causes all kinds of internal problems which leads to erosion of value in the company. <laughs> it's funny you use the word marriage because that's how I perceive anyone taking a job, mm. they're marrying the people that they're going to work with every day. And let's face it, most of us spend more waking hours with the people at work than anyone else in our life. True. And when it comes to taking a job, most people spend maybe three, four, five hours of face-to-face -face time to determine how good is the chemistry going to be. Now, I, I, I dated my wife for six months, and it took another six months before we got married, mm. okay? Thousands of face-to-face -face hours. Three, four, five, eight, five face-to-face -face hours with three, four, or five different people, mm. and you have to decide, yeah, this is really a good fit for me. Mm. Hard to do if you don't know how, and yes. that's part of what I teach people. Yeah, and another thing, Barney, is that in the current business environment we're in, a lot of people want the job. And the interview process does not give you that opportunity to suss out how the chemistry is going to be. It's all about, okay, the interviewer or the group of interviewers asking, okay, do you have the right skill set? Can you do the work? Can you execute independently? And on the other part of the person, the person is probably feeling, yes, I can do it. I'll say whatever it takes just to get me into the door so I can get the job and make the money. And you're not really consciously thinking about, hmm, how am I going to get along with this person? Because the only time you have to figure out the chemistry between you and the interviewer and project if it's going to work when you start with that role is the limited window of time that they say, okay, ask us a couple questions at the end of the interview. And then you're, you're pretty much told, okay, thanks for coming, next person. <laughs> well, there's a couple of things I want to point out in what you just said. Okay. First of all, hopefully when you're interviewing, you will be interviewing with the people you're working with. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. if you're not, then you're just going into the, you know, the black hole of uncertainty. Mm. You don't know what you're going to step into. Uh, so that's the first thing. Secondly, you nailed it. You're 100% right. People go in, we're trained to pass tests. We were brought up in a test society, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, since you were a little kid, you got your gold star in kindergarten and passed to make the team or make that part in the play or get the grades you wanted, every day is a test. Mm. And that's hard. <laughs> that's really hard. True. You know, we're always trying to pass. And some people are better at it than others, but it wears us down. 
It really does. And there's a better way of interviewing instead of taking the test. And I call it the field trip mentality. Okay. So when you're on a field trip, you're going to be much more open to hearing what the other person has to say and who they are rather than trying to pass the test. Because when you're passing a test, too often you're listening more to yourself than the people you're talking to. How did I answer that? What do they want to hear? Does that make sense? Yes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so on a field trip mentality, imagine you were going to Disneyland. Have you ever been? No, not yet. Uh, Okay. Well, you know, when I use vacations or field trips, something, when you had that curiosity Mm -hmm. and that, that value of discovery, where if you're feeling uncomfortable in the conversation, it's telling you something Mm. like, hmm, do I really want to work with this person? Okay. Mm -hmm. Whereas with that field trip mentality, if you're feeling comfortable, ah, what is it that's causing me to feel comfortable? And you've, you've read my book. Yeah. So, so you know what I think creates chemistry, Mm -hmm. which is our values. All right. So, Looking at it on the other side, and I I want to stay here for a little bit because I know it's going to be helpful to those that are still young in their careers and probably think, okay, it's a new year, probably need to change my job. Now, if you're in a situation where you're interviewing with one or two people, and take, for example, in the interview process, uh, let's say the overall boss of the division, the senior partner or whatever you interview, he seems like a cool, chill guy, but... The second person is probably the person you'll be working with day to day, and that's the one that's going to ask you the technical questions. But you, in your gut, you're getting that reaction that I don't want to work for this guy, but I need the job. But the boss is cool. <laughs> How do you navigate that, especially when you're very early in your career? Because your gut always tells you something in that. It's just that we don't listen to it. Yeah. You try to ignore it because you want to pass because maybe you need the job. Maybe yep. you need the money. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, I'll give you the good news. And there's not that much bad news here. Okay. okay? Yeah, sometimes life, we, we need to make an income. And, you know, if you're in that situation, you know, depending on how, 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 how viable it is. I mean, sometimes... If you're just coming out of school and you're living in your parents' house or something like that, you've got, you've got time to be able to deal, mm. to make the right choice, not just any choice. I've seen people take the wrong job to later miss the right one because mm. they took the wrong one, which is you know something they have to put keep in, in mind. But getting to your point, okay, you're dealing with someone who you have to work with and you're sensing this person's not really who you want to work with. Mm. Well- there's the good news. Everybody has values in common. The key is this, to first know what your values are. And when I talk to people, they usually give me at best three. Okay. What are your top three values? And somebody just yesterday, oh, family is a value for me. Mm-hmm. And integrity is a value for me. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And then I ask them, how many values do you think there are in family? <laughs> uh, oh. There's quite a bit, 30, actually. 40. Yeah. There's so many. If you look at the back of my book, you'll see that I've listed 400 values yep. plus, and there's a lot more that I didn't even put in the list. But the first step is to better know yourself because when you know what your values are, 
say you could name 20 or 30 of them, and you're listening in the conversation as to what's showing up and what's not, now you understand what values will connect me to this person mm-hmm. and which ones will not. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I had a client who took a job, had been there for about three or four months, and was miserable. Yeah. The person they were working with was a micromanager. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now it wasn't the person they interviewed with. This person came in shortly after she joined. Yeah. And she was, oh, this is terrible. It was upsetting her. Her value of independence, the value of trusting, all of these things just were disconnecting her all the time. Efficiency, waste of time, doing it more than once, all of that stuff, being double checked, et cetera. Have you ever been like – you've experienced that. Yes, sure. I have. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. Everyone, so. everyone that is of working age probably has. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, so yeah, she was ready to leave. And we did some coaching. And what she discovered was that this person, one of the values that they had in common was dedication. And what was ending up happening was – Well, she was perceiving that this person didn't trust her. So in turn, she wasn't trusting him. And what we talked about was how can you empower the value of trust, no matter what the circumstances? And she was able to do it. Mm. And suddenly this person who had a hard time trusting anybody, which means they also had a hard time trusting themselves. Yeah started trusting her and it was a load off of this person's shoulder because one thing i can tell you about micromanagers they kill themselves they take on way too much and if they can find somebody they can trust oh my god they're happy to hand off a lot more and they don't have to check as much and in fact this person got promoted pretty quickly because they were one of the people that could understand how to authentically connect with this individual. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember early in my career, there was this one particularly hands-on micromanager. And because of that, that person actually spent a lot more time in the office, never really had like an outside life beyond the office, would come in early state to like one, two, three, go home, and then be back in the office eight, nine. And it was really crushing the spirit of the more subordinate people that they were working with. And I just noticed that because of that, a lot of people decided to either get reassigned or just even leave because that micromanagement level was just too much. Every little detail was micromanaged and scrutinized. So, yes, you're right. It really does drive that person particularly more crazy than you on the receiving end. So imagine empathy. Imagine empowering that value with this person authentically. Now, Mm. you can't fake empowering it. Mm -hmm. But empowering empathy and really that person understanding that you care that they have a life. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you. Maybe that would be the basis of really building a stronger relationship with each other if they appreciate empathy. Mm. I mean, they'd have to have a value that, that, that appreciates that as well. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and that's the game. The game is to know your values – And the more values you know how to empower, the more opportunities and more possibility you have to connect to people in very powerful ways. And I'm going to give you an example of it. 
you and me. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Let's use empathy. It sounds to me that you're a very empathetic man. Yes. Okay. Think of a moment in your life when empathy was everything. Like, boy, it, it's like that moment that said, man, that re- every time I think of that moment, you know, I get, you know, I get choked up because it was such a powerful, powerful opportunity mm-hmm. for me to be empathetic with that person. Yeah. Do you have that story? Yes, I do. All right. How do you feel when you think about it? Uh, I think it makes me, feel, well, not that I think I know, it makes me feel good because I, it was a situation where the person I was working with was going through some significant personal challenges and felt that they had to spend more time. She had, she felt she had to spend more time in the job in order for people to, you know, give her that respect and say, okay, she's actually doing a good job. But her marriage was crumbling in the background. She was having challenges in her family life back in her home country. And I said, look, don't kill yourself trying to please people because you have more important things. You have to take care of your husband in the house. You guys are not really getting along. And I know you have major challenges back home in your home country. You need to take some time off and deal with that. Your career, you, you have a long life and your career is going to be much longer. So don't worry about the near term. Take some time off. Take 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 a you, vacation or something. Go deal with great. your house. Yes, I felt... You felt like you made a difference. Yes. Okay. That empathy allowed you to take action. Mm -hmm. And you took it from that powerful value. Whenever you think of that story, empathy will automatically empower who you are being in that moment. Mm -hmm. And imagine you and I both empowering that value at the same time. Mm -hmm. We're both being empathetic. How do you feel now? I think it creates a common bond between the two of us. It makes me like yes. you better. Yes. Yes. It empowers us to, to go way beyond, you know, what we might have gone to. Whenever, you're, whenever you are connecting to a, a value that you have in common with the person you're talking to, everything else goes away. Mm-hmm. It's like the world becomes so much more possible. And you just get much more energized. Mm. That's authentic connection. So you're dealing with, an, with someone who can appreciate the value of empathy when there are other values that are disconnecting you. And suddenly the world changes for them and for you. Mm. And that's a subconscious thing, right? The person is not checking over the no, box. No, it's They're... conscious. Oh, really? Oh, that's, well, that's it. Yes. You have what I term DNA values. Okay. These are the values that you turn on automatically. And frankly, they control you more than you control them. Mm. Yeah, they're subconscious. I talk about transformation. I talk about consciously empowering values that may not have normally shown up because of the circumstance. Circumstances dictate our actions way too often. We are controlled by circumstances with our DNA values, which whenever those values are not being honored, we're upset, we're frustrated, we're angry, we're confused, we're bored. Those are the telltale signs of being disconnected from a value. Mm. So how do you reconnect? Well, find a value that you can empower. And if you can find one that you can empower with the person you're working with, 
whoa, the world changes. The world becomes your oyster. You know, the, the bottom line is Buddha said, we are what we think. Mm-hmm. All that arises is with our thoughts. And with our thoughts, we make the world. So if we're disconnected from a value, that's the world we're making. Okay? It becomes hard. Gandhi said it even better. Gandhi said that our beliefs become our words. Our words become our actions. Our actions become our habits. And our habits are our values. And our values will lead us to our destiny. Mm. And what I say is this, when your value is being empowered and is honored, it's easy to reach and surpass your destiny. But when your value is disconnected, that's when your work is really hard. <laughs> that's when you when you don't know what to do next. Then when you get into stop and go action, when Thank God it's Friday, Wednesday, hump day, Mm -hmm. all of these things. And it's unconscious. But when you make a conscious effort, and that's kind of like really what this book, you know, is about is emotional intelligence. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's really what what this is all about. And your ability to identify and manage your emotions. And when you're empowering a value, you're managing them brilliantly. Yeah. And when you're authentically connecting with someone, you're helping them to manage their values as well, to vet their ways of being. And it's a it's a conscious practice. Anyway, I I could go on and on. So I better. Yeah, no, no, no. Interesting. (laughs) Very interesting. So we've talked a lot about okay, creating authentic, empowered relationships in the workplace for career success. Now I know a lot of my listeners are. People who are like you, they're people persons, they are empathetic, and they are also responsible for generating new business. So like I mentioned earlier, that means finding an authentic way to connect with a possible uh, prospect and figure out how to create a business relationship that can be profitable for your company as well as beneficial to them. So what are some of your key tips to help that person, because I know you work with a lot of ad agencies and marketing firms, and I'm sure you're probably in touch with a lot of people who are responsible for sales and business development. So help us out here, since we understand you're the chemistry master, so to speak. How can we start creating better chemistry in those sales situations where we have targets and we have to meet those targets? Well, here's, here's where it starts, okay? Expectations. Someone once said that expectations are the mother of frustration, (laughs) okay? Mm -hmm. If you have expectations of making sales when you're talking to somebody, wow, you're not connecting at all. Mm. You're not connecting at all. It's really key that you choose the values that you want to empower in that conversation. If you're, look, if you're looking to get somewhere, it's like my daughter, she's a runner. If she's thinking about the finish line before she starts the race and before the gun goes off, she's not going to run very well. She's going to keep looking. When am I going to get there? When am I going to get there? Kind of like if you got driving directions for the first time to go someplace, it seems like it's taking you a longer time than it should because you keep looking at where to go next. Yep. 
Okay. So when the gun goes off for my daughter, all she's thinking about is taking the first step. And if she's empowering the value of confidence, it's going to be clear for her where the next step will go. You know, if she's, you know, there, there are so many values that we can work with. But when you're talking about expectations, suddenly your mind is in the process and it's not in the being. Mm. You're about the destination and you're not really figuring out who you want to be in the journey. Mm. I would suggest this for new business is friendship, you know, really empowering that and forgetting everything else and allowing that to take you forward. People are going to be much more attracted to that mm. than they are about, gee, let me tell you why you should buy this. <laughs> awesome. So basically going, especially with that first meeting, don't have the expectation, oh, man, I'm, I'm thirsty to sell something. Because people can smell desperation. I've noticed that in several situations, that if you go into that kind of scenario and you're desperate to make a sale, people can smell it, and that turns people off. It's almost like in, in the dating scene, where if you are desperate to get a girlfriend, you go in there on your first blind date or your first meeting and you're like, oh, so when do you want to get married? And that just turns the person right <laughs> off. Completely. You're taking the words out of my mouth. Uh, yeah, I use that all the time. You know, you know, if you're, if you're going in about getting married, it's like going on. That's why people don't like blind dates mm -hmm. because they're test driven. Mm. There's so much judgment going on and passing the test. Whereas if you go in and you, if you think of a friend, think of your best friend and the relationship you have with your best friend mm -hmm. and allow that to empower friendship for yourself. Like you're talking to that friend. Well, then everything else will come, come, will, will, will come to pass the way it's supposed to come to pass. True. You know, it's not like if you call somebody, you should sell them. <laughs> But if you if you if you make friends, eventually more sales will come your way. Very true, very true. And with that said, Barney, my friend, we've uh, reached the end of the podcast. But before I let you go, I just want you to share one or two key takeaways that people can implement, especially now that we're talking in early 2019. Give us some one or two key things that we can implement to start creating better chemistry and better relationship in the professional setting. And then tell us, of course, about where we can contact you, get to know more about you, and of course, get access to your new book, which is uh, The Chemistry Factor. Sure. Um, know yourself better. You know, most of us really are not aware of who we are. Mm. Understand the value. Your values are your rules of conduct. They characterize your sense of self and are elemental to the actions you take. By knowing yourself better, it's easier to understand the people you're talking to. If I have three values, then that's all I'm going to hear. If I have 50, I have a lot more possibility of connecting with people. Mm -hmm. And so I would say know yourself better would be the first thing. Get organized and have goals, but don't look at the goals when you're talking to somebody. Mm. <laughs> you know, too, too often we're looking at the goals and we're not being with the person. Mm. Awesome. 
So in terms of where can people can uh, reach out to you if they want to learn more about you and where can they find the book? Uh, the book is on Amazon. Okay. It's called The Chemistry Factor. Subtitle, Create Powerful Business Relationships for Greater Success. Mm. And you can reach me at Barney, B-A-R-N-E-Y, at thechemistryfactor.com. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put a link to all that in the show notes when this episode is published and live. So with that said, Barney, thanks for coming on to share your story and your words of wisdom. I've truly appreciated you teaching me how to create better relationships in the workplace and also better friendships with my prospects for business development and sales. Thank you very much and congratulations on all your endeavors. Thank you.